Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. My name is Jeremy. I'm your host today. I would like to be the first to say Happy Halloween. I know it's a couple days early, but that's okay. We got a special treat for you. Not what we were going to do, but we do have, still have a special treat for you. Before we get started, I just want to introduce my co-hosts for the night. I got both Jake and Jeff. Jake, we'll start with you. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. That's it. I'm doing well. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Jeff. No, I'm, I'm doing super well. Okay, well, yeah. your time's over. Jeff, how you doing, man? Man, I am better than ever, bud. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm doing as good as you today, but I'm still doing all right, though. Thank you. You're fired. All right, so we were going to do something, Mm -hmm. and then we changed our mind, and then we were going to do something else, and then we changed our mind, and now we're doing something else, right? That's why I'm not so good. (laughs) But that pretty much sums it up. We were going to do something historical for our Halloween special. And then we went, well, there's too much history here and not enough infinite rabbit hole stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were going to jump in and do our very first movie review. We were going to review the movie Ritual on Netflix, which is one of my favorite uh, creature features. We have a, a host here today. Who does not agree? Anybody want to take a guess as to who that is? Jeff? <laughs> you know, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom who that might be. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say it's not me or Jeremy. It's not. So it must be Jeff or okay. CJ. Is CJ here? CJ is not here today. Okay, then it's Jeff. Fuck that movie. If you haven't seen The Ritual... Fast forward. I don't know what the timestamp is. Maybe I'll come back from the future and place a timestamp here. Like a note that says, hey, go to this time if you want to skip all spoilers. Timestamp, 41 minutes. But for right now, we're going to just hash it out over the ritual. Basically give you the episode that you would have had because that's literally all you're going to get is like five minutes worth of arguing between the three of us. Just so you don't miss out. Let's start off with why Jeff doesn't like it. Jeff, why are you a hater on the ritual? Okay, first of all, Luke is a bitch, okay? So (laughs) if you don't know who Luke is, that means you didn't watch the movie. But for those of you who did, you know what I'm saying. Luke's a bitch, all right? Not only is he a bitch from the get-go when he lets his friend die in front of him, but he's a bitch throughout the whole movie when he's just, like, whining and crying the whole time, all right? Because he was a bitch to begin with. Pissed me off. I personally thought Dom was the bigger bitch. They're all kind of a bitch, to be honest with you, except for the, I forget the one guy's name. Uh, Hutch? Hutch. That's the first guy who got killed, right? Yeah, the guy that they saw hanging up in the tree. Yeah, yeah. He was the only one who wasn't a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. Let's, let's take the best character, and we'll kill him off first. Right. Okay. So that pissed me off. Then, so like, the first part of the movie was actually pretty good. It was like, like a camping horror film. It was like, you know, because I like camping. So I was like, oh, this is spooky, bro. There's like spooky shit going on. Mm-hmm. And they, they go in the cabin and like more spooky shit goes on. And then I was like, okay, I'm sucked in. Right. And then like you get these glimpses of the beast or the monster or whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Right. He's like big. He's giant. Like all this shit. And then like when the reveal happens, when you see the monster, I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
what the fuck is this giant skeleton fucking <laughs> mammoth creature with hands on its face? Like, this is not even... I can't disagree with you more. Like, I seriously can't. I think that the creature is one of the best creatures in creature features. Like, flat out, bar none, top three. Easy. The reason why is because it's so unique. Name another creature from another movie that looks anything like that. They tried way too hard, bro. It reminded me of uh, Sharknado or something. It was just, they tried really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of something you would see on, like, the Hellboy series or, like, Pan's Labyrinth. Whoever whoever does that sort of artwork. Gosh, what's his name? Uh, Benicio Del Toro? Or is that an actor? I think I think that's what I'm talking about. Like that sort of creepy pan's labyrinth sort of stuff. And then you get like this sort of um, monsters from Hellboy. Where you got the angel with all the eyeballs on its wings and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that. That sort of like very strange, abstract sort of creepiness. But I agree with Jeff. I loved the movie. It was really creepy. That first scene when they're inside that that rickety house, and then the guy wakes up and he's like praying to the freaking to the statue with the, the, oh, yeah, the head and the, the antlers for hands and stuff. Super creepy. All right, and then and I, that's when I, I don't know. I told Whitney. I was just like, I was like, dude, I forgot how creepy this movie is we're watching it at like 11 o'clock at night all the lights are off and stuff and i don't really like scary movies and i'm just like man i forgot how creepy this movie is and she's like you want to watch something else I'm like, no no no, i i can tough it out right and then yeah the second that we see the the animal and it's just like a big moose with with like a torso like <laughs> for a face it was just the the black face with the white or the the yellow eyes because it was like featureless and it had those hands and i was like man this is so dumb like i like the movie i still like the movie but i think that that they could have done so much more with the front half of the uh of the the monster and i agree with him hutch was you know a man's man adventurous type and then the rest of them really sucked and i can't believe lucas just let his friend get beaten to death inside of that store like coming from a guy who conceal carried in virginia for five years i would not allow my friend to just get beaten to death i i get it yeah they're in like another country and all that sort of stuff but any way to intervene I mean, he's holding a handle of liquor in his hands and he just holds it while his friend gets his gets clubbed and i'm just like what a weenie yeah what a great time to not do anything to stand up and help your friend even if it means taking one to the face you know it's just like bro so I'm going to flip it, right? How you, got, you guys didn't like the end of the movie. I'm going to say, actually, I'm not going to flip it. I'm going to split it with you. I, too, didn't like the end of the movie, and I, I hated, absolutely hated the whole side story of the liquor store. I, I can't agree with you more about how Dickface over there was one of the biggest bitches in the in the movie. It's like simply good. it was horrible. It's like good I I'm glad you feel guilty. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I I personally love the entire movie together. I do not like the whole thing at the end when they're in the house and they're in those you know with the worshipers and everything the thing that's basically the the, the little like cult like family that's going on there yeah. where they're there's you know their their basically whole existence is to sacrifice things to this to the deity. Personally, I, I think the monster is awesome. 
I really do. You think of something, by the way, this, the, the monster is called Motor, right? Or Modar, which mm-hmm. is uh, Swedish, actually, for mother. Uh, the, the reason why I know that is actually because I bought the book to the ritual and read the book, which is very, very different. There is no fifth friend. There is no storyline with liquor store or anything like that. They jump right into the the thick of it. Mm-hmm. The very first chapter is when they find the elk or the deer hanging in the tree. Mm-hmm. And then they back up a little bit and, and let you see how they come in and how Dom hurts his leg and Phil gets rashes on his thighs. Phil is pointless. I don't even know why they included Phil in the, in the, the movie or the book. Basically, literally does nothing. <laughs> Dom is useless. He just sits there and whines the whole time. Uh, at the end of the book, Luke's kind of a badass. It's much more gory. Like the book is super, super gory, and it's a little difficult to read. And this book was definitely written in Europe, and the way that they tried to translate it into like American, like some like somebody in America could understand mm-hmm. the, the way the sentence flows and stuff like that is kind of a little wonky, a little weird. So it's a little difficult to kind of understand, but the storyline in the book is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being like this family who sacrifices people to motor, it's actually like this young punk rock band who entered the woods because they read about motor and they found this cabin that was being taken care of by this really, really old lady. And through speaking Swedish to each other, they've basically validated that this was the woman or the place where sacrifices used to be made to motor. Um, and they found dipshit. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the final survivor. What was his name again? Luke. Drawing Lucas. a blank. Luke. Luke. Thank yeah. you. They found Luke. They, dude, they put him through hell. Like this guy has a cracked skull by the time they get to him. And there's this one chick who's running around. And he, they keep describing her as a heavier set lady. And she's constantly like punching him in the head with a cracked skull. Jeez. And he's constantly getting knocked out and stuff. It's it's horrid. Like it's horrible. Like absolutely gruesome book. Really, really good. Uh, the guy who wrote it did a great job. You know, the translation, like I said, is a little a little strange, but the story's mm-hmm. there and it's way better than the movie. I like how they did the whole cult thing at the end where they finally see the creature fully. Like you fully see the creature in the book is in the second to last chapter. And he's actually driving away and he's driving down like this long road. And it's a chase scene between mm-hmm. this this thing and him in the car with a long neck rifle pointing out the passenger window and he's like aiming it to the back and blowing out the back windshield and everything as they're driving down the street and motor actually jumps over the car grabs the entire car and the way that they painted it in the book was awesome like you can just picture motor holding this car up and then the little human hands come off of its chest Yes, by the way, the picture of Motor, the the big bad, the, the mm-hmm. creature in the book or in the movie was actually painted in the book. That's exactly the, what they did in the movie. They got from the book. So it's not necessarily the creators in the movie who did it. They just they and they literally they really did a really good job at making what it was in the book, because there's that one scene in the movie uh, when the thing is trying to make Luke bow down to it, you know, yeah. uh, 
in the woods and he's slamming down on him and he comes up and he's like got the 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 arms that are antlers and they come up and they they do like that buddha stance and mm-hmm. then he takes his, his little human hands and does like the the triangle on the chest and everything and it's like stereotypical like uh deity worshiping yeah poses and stuff like that like that that is what they they painted in the book but anyways so luke takes a swiss army knife that's been with him for throughout the whole story and he jabs the thing in the face <laughs> nice i don't know man like the movie itself was good don't get me wrong like the the whole movie i was like in it you know and i was getting spooked and you know Mm-hmm. It was all good, man, until they revealed this monster, right? And it's like, I just feel like whoever was in charge of designing the monster, they should be fired and blacklisted, to be honest with you. Here's what I think, right? If they would have made a giant humanoid figure, but it was all decrepit and ancient and, and deathly looking, right? With some ancient looking like Viking armor or something like that, like something that you would think is you know, uh, an ancient God roaming this fucking forest, then I would have been like, oh shit. You know what I mean? But instead it's this fucking anorexic dog antelope fucking thing. You know what I mean? With the face head or with the, the torso head. And I'm just like, what, who the, this guy was on acid or something when he designed this thing. I don't know. Absolutely. But I know you kind of described what you were expecting, but Man, when I'm thinking of God of the Woods, you know, I'm thinking of that. I can't think of the name, but there's man, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'll come back to this because I don't want to fuck it up. But there, there's a creature that I I referenced in the Wendigo episode uh, from Europe that is more like the modern Wendigo that's described with the antlers and stuff on its head, and it's an upright walking or creature, deer man, or whatever. Yeah, some something like that, but where it's you know, a mixture between a deer man and a zombie. I mean, I get that, but I, I, I just like the uniqueness of it, man. It's it's so unique. You don't see this anywhere else. Yeah, oh, the dude was definitely unique. probably tripping. And I like that. I gotta be um, honest, like, even though there was obviously some spots where, I mean, both me and Jeff were just like, all right, well, this is kind of hokey now. Like, I like how they kept putting in, like, these really creepy scenes. Like, dude, all those like mummies or whatever, like <laughs> petrified people that were all like chanting upstairs and stuff when they yeah. take Dom up there to prep him for the, uh, the ritual. And they're all just like, rah, 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 <laughs> up there and you just hear him screaming for like five minutes. He's just, ah, ah, and, like, rah, 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 and all that stuff like that. That was creepy as heck. And then when he goes up there and then they're just like, it's all quiet and he's like walking in. I was just like, man, I would, <laughs> wouldn't walk in there. You see the guy like all perched up in the front, like he's like the the minister or like the leader of like the 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 worship service, right? And he, they're just like, and he walks up there, and then they start going again. They're just like, and he starts lighting them on fire, dude. That was super creepy. And then <laughs> I I bust up laughing when he goes downstairs, and that old lady's like looking at him, and he just blasts her right in the face. Just that was <laughs> just funny. That was the out, best right? part of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> or when he no was it the lady that he sh- yeah it was the lady that he shot right yeah dude that was the no, best it was the, the uh the guy that he shot and the oh, old right. lady he just clocks out that's it yeah he shot the dude and he flies like 10 feet yeah the rifle right too. it wasn't even a shotgun but we'll let that slide no he he grabs like a 
two hundred year old rifle and and uh, just a random handful of shells. Like I'm gonna figure out which one goes in this. Like <laughs> yeah. So in the book, they kind of expanded on that so that that I'm, I'm guessing in the movie they tried to be as true as they could to the book mm-hmm. with that old woman that he shot in the book she is the one that's caring for this area she's like the caregiver for motor who mm-hmm. is the mother and all of her children are actually the ones that are up in the attic um and in the book they actually explain how these the the children that are up in the attic or the relatives of motor that are up in the attic are their top halves are human like mm-hmm. and their bottom halves are like uh agulate. So they have like the 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 knees bent backwards and they have yeah. hooves. And the old lady does too. She actually hates the little black metal band, is what they're refer mm-hmm. themselves to as as their genre. And she actually tries to get Luke to kill them, which he ends up doing, but she is actually like the one person who can communicate with motor and get motor to come to her to take a sacrifice. But yeah, so the, those things that are up in the attic are actually motors kin. They're, they're the kin of the creature and everyone around there is there to take care of them and to sacrifice to motor. I like how um, they said, I don't know if it was in the book too, but they said in the movie that, worshiping motor gives them like unnaturally long life but it it appears that with all those beings in the attic that (laughs) it's not unnaturally long lives like they never die like in the sense that they're just alive and kicking around and then they're just like you know like elves from lord of the rings it's that they seem to live at least the same amount of time as we do but then when they die, well, they just don't die. So they just stay in this mummified, disgusting state for eternity, <laughs> you know, where all they can do is sit in chairs and just, rah, 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 <laughs> just you know. <laughs> so in the book, Luke goes and grabs one, like during his like final stand oh, where he goes it? up there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so he he doesn't set the place on fire in the book right he goes up there and he kills everything that's up there but he does it with his bare hands and he's thinking like uh one i remember one particular kill that he has where he goes up and he grabs the skull of the thing and just squeezes it and it, it disintegrates into, like, oh, <laughs> into <dust. laughs> you know what my my oh, other problem man. with this movie was man it's like every other scary movie where they just do dumb shit you know like okay you spent the first night in that cabin right and like mm-hmm. like that was scary bro especially when they went upstairs and that dude was like praying at the fucking mm-hmm. foot of this you know the altar or whatever yeah. right this thing like that freaked me out i was like oh shit dude this is this is crazy you know and then they decide oh we're just gonna get f- just dirty yeah, and we're gonna follow this trail <laughs> that's clearly fucking put here by this monster you know and it's like and then, you know, I don't know. It's just like I saw a meme the other day that was like or no, it was a, a video where it was like what it would be like if Marines were in scary movies. And it was like 10 seconds long because the Marines were like, nope, fuck this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, <laughs> make some realistic decisions in these movies and then make it scary. And it'd be more like enthralling for me. You know, when I see these scary movies and they're like, I'm going to go in the dark by myself in the woods. And it's like, well we know what's going to happen. So, well, that's every single movie. Cause you can't just have a movie just start and stop and 15 minutes flat, like paranormal activity, right? 
I think we watched the fourth one, me and me and Whitney, and I'm just like, I was like, I don't, I was like, this this is dumb. This is way dumb. This isn't scary at all. This is just super dumb. I was like, if I was the ghost, I wouldn't be banging pots and pans together when no one's awake to see it. First <laughs> night, I throw the husband through the second story window. <laughs> First day, you know, <laughs> I throw a, a a toaster that's plugged in into the bathtub with the wife. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, get out of my house. I'm not opening and closing doors, you know. After that first night in the yeah. cabin, I'm going right back the way I came because they made it there in less than a day. I would have been fucked this. We're out, bro. Like, there's no way I'm going deeper. Yeah. What was Dom's wife's name? Uh, Dom's wife's name. He, he, she, he was like in the, in the corner screaming it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, soaked in piss. And then, yeah. or the other guy like peed himself. He was all curled up. He peed himself. Hutch um, pissed himself, yeah. Hutch, yeah. Dom was in the corner, like, yelling out his wife's name, like, like say it was, like, Glenda. Like, Glenda! Glenda! <laughs> just screaming it. And then, what's-his-face is up- upstairs, butt-naked and all dirty, all praying to this thing, and the guy's outside all, you know, gouged up in his chest. And then they walk outside, and they see all, like, the the runes and stuff all over the trees. Absolutely, I would have been like, and we're out! <laughs> goodbye <laughs> we're taking we're taking a long way guys and we're never <laughs> speaking of this yeah. that, you know it's like that kind of stuff in those movies where i'm like come on man like and i know you got to make the movie but like yeah you know but they still could have made the movie they could have went back the way they came they could have made the smart decision and you still could have had the, the monster fuck them up but at least it would have been like a realistic decision you know what i mean yeah, yeah. let's say the last day that they're trying to, or they're they're trying to go back the way they came, or they got turned around. They they could have done something like that, you know, make a realistic decision, or just like say the day it takes them to get out, the monster kills, you know, all of them except for the, you know, the hero of the story. But this is also why you don't go hiking without firearms. True. Well. Well, I don't know. Can, I don't the know show. if they can do that in in uh, in Sweden. Don't go hiking in Sweden. Right. <laughs> well, go they should anyway. <laughs> The last little bit I have for everybody uh, that's interested in this movie and, and interested in the lore that goes along with this movie, Motor is what's called a Jotun. 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 Something like that. It's J-O-T-U-U-N, if, if anybody wants to look it up. I think it is a Y sound. Jotun? Yeah. Some, like yeah, probably, right? You gotta think Vikings. This I work is with Viking, a girl named, Viking lore. named Yort, and her name starts with a J, so... No, yeah. there you go. We're, we'll we'll go by Yort, and that that's the rule we're gonna apply here. Yeah. It's a Yot Yotun. Anyways, we were gonna do a deep dive into this movie and give you the lore between behind Yotun, uh, or the Yotun and Motor and everything. Uh, I found out that Motor was actually created for this movie. Uh, it's actually not a deity in Viking lore, so that kind of limits the amount of stuff that we can do with it. The Jotun uh, is something that we could look into, but apparently what they tried to do with Motor in the film was make Motor the bastard daughter of Loki. So technically, this deity that's in the woods is Loki's bastard daughter. Uh, so she has a bit of trickster in her, and that's why she likes to terrorize everybody instead of just come out and completely maul them to death like she absolutely can uh and hang them all up on her christmas trees throughout the woods like she likes to do if you watch the movie you know exactly what i'm talking about but that's pretty much it you know if we were going to keep this with just the ritual you were going to just going to get our opinions on it 
because there's really not much research to be done here. We didn't want to cut all of our fans short with just us bullshitting a movie because this movie, unfortunately, although I personally really liked it, there wasn't much to talk about other than just our personal feelings. Would you guys agree? Yep. Yep. My personal review of this movie, I I personally give this movie a 7 out of 10. I'm docking it three points because of the stupid side story of the <laughs> of the liquor store because in the book they do without it they yeah. can't they could have done this easily without doing that whole stupid thing and making luke look like more of a bitch than he actually was in the book they went on this this trip because luke is a guy who still works at a record store in his 30s and he just doesn't have a lot of money so they they all said okay well we'll just go do something cheap and they went and they started hiking in what's called the Kung, uh, the the Kunglistan. Forgive me if I butchered that. Dare you. <laughs> but I'm offended. It's a 270 mile long trail between Abisko or Abisko, a village in northern Sweden and uh Himavan, a very rural area in Sweden as well. So they did it because their friend didn't have money. Simple as that. They didn't have to add the whole stupid thing and I really really wish that they had gone with the ending that was in the book because it was so much better than these people who were basically alive just to feed this thing sacrifices that obviously don't come along very often because nobody's going in these woods. So their whole purpose of existence is to give a sacrifice to this deity if a sacrifice comes around every couple of years or so. I'm not I'm not a big fan about it whereas in the book they were trying to revive the deity by bringing sacrifices to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot better of a storyline. So I'm going to go 7 out of 10. Personally I love the monster. I love the the scare factor. There wasn't a lot of jump scares which I think are corny. Uh this was natural primal fear because you're going into the dark woods by yourselves and you're afraid of what's going to be around the next tree. And I, I find that extremely scary. I recommend it to anybody that wants to check out a really cool movie. Next. Um, I'm giving this a 6 out of 10 because I liked the scare factor in it. I thought it was really creepy. I hated the side story. I thought that uh, Luke was just... A terrible human being and deserves to have every ounce of guilt put on his conscience and if we're ever in a situation like that and the guy is holding a bar or a bat i fully expect one of you guys to just rush him and sack him to the floor or kick him <laughs> in the nuts as hard as you can don't stand there <gasps> well i just get you know just get the crap you know beaten out of me and then die <laughs> you know so you know or whatever. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll take someone out like that. I have no problem with that. You know, I'll do my best. And also, this whole situation, what you were describing in the book, seems a heck of a lot like you trying to convince me to go ultralight backpacking through Shenandoah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, Jeremy had this huge extravagant plan. I don't even know what happened with it. I think that what, like our leave fell through or something like that, or we couldn't find a, the, the right time where all of us could like line up and just take a time off. But it was just like, we were going to go and hike like 50 miles in Shenandoah or something like that and see all the all the sights and everything. And I, I was going to have to buy everything for it because I've never ultralight backpacked in my life. But I was totally willing to do it. But yeah, that's what this sounds like. So it would not have been cheap. 
for us to do that <laughs> by any means. The True. backpack alone was like 130 bucks you know, for a good one. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked the uh, the scare factor in it. I liked the creepiness that wasn't necessarily scary, just the creepiness. They did some things where like uh, when they went up into the part of the forest where it was just like these really thin trees without like a lot of foliage on them and then you saw the thing's hand move on the tree and it was like like 25 feet up right <laughs> just like so you're getting a scale of how big this thing is um so that was you know really creepy and stuff uh the the cabin the sacrifices themselves where you just pick them up and stick them on a tree or at what it did to uh what it did to hutch were just like disemboweled him you know that was that was creepy and stuff but when it got to the actual monster which ended up being a majority of the back end of it it was just it felt super hokey to me i don't know it, anything other than that that black face with the glowing yellow eyes it, the rest of the monster was super cool except for that and i was just like ugh you know i'll, I'll change it I'll, I'll i'll do a 7 out of 10 too because i liked it when uh, was it dom thought that he was ta- looking at his wife and he even said it. He said it in the uh, that in his dream where he was screaming her name, that he saw his wife uh, coming out of the woods or something like that. And then when he's standing there, he sees her walking up, and she puts her hands on his face, and then he's all like entranced, and then he realizes it's Motor grabbing his face and lifting him off the ground and stabbing him into a tree. And I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> decorating christmas tree with humans so not yeah right so not my favorite movie but certainly had enough of a creep factor that i was just like ooh, you know didn't give me nightmares or anything but i was just like okay you know it was interesting but yeah i agree with jeff definitely on you know i'm docking a couple points because of the silliness in the decision making it's like come on especially if this is something they do regularly you don't just go gallivanting off into the woods thing like oh it'll be around here somewhere because as far as you know you're gonna come up on a giant gorge somewhere and it's gonna be impassable now what are you gonna do you know <laughs> all right so the one we're all waiting for jeff yeah all right uh <laughs> five out of ten <laughs> i'm like i'm about to pull a digital assassin on this one look man oh, it's geez. getting like it's getting like a three out of 10 for me damn um, it's getting like a three and that's being generous to be honest with you i did like you know the movie looked great okay i can appreciate good you know cinematography um setting was great but the problem is first of all you killed the best character first big fuck up then like we've already <laughs> all said a hundred times except for jeremy uh, the monster was just cheesy to me. It could have been a much more terrifying monster. And then on top of that, you got the biggest pussy in the movie. Who's the only one who fucking survives, right? That like the whole thing with him picking up this raggedy ass rifle. And like, I, there was just a lot to it where I was like, really, really, really now don't get me wrong. I was spooked for the first half of the movie. I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? I like the fact that it can like tap into your fears or into your mind and like manipulate your perception of reality and like all that kind of stuff. Like that was cool, but they totally lost me with the monster and killing off the good guy, like the cool guy and letting the pussy walk. You know what I mean? And then, like you said, all the stupid yeah. decisions made along the, the way 
that kind of stuff turns me off. So I'm giving it a three. Lucky it doesn't get a two. I want to say with that rifle, because it looked like it was like a World War One era rifle, right? Nice wooden furniture for the stock. It was a bolt action, and it had like a really big cartridge that went into it. But I want to say um, that with the amount of rain that that place experienced, or it looks like mm-hmm. it experienced, and just sitting in a corner of a house, that thing probably would have been too rusted to have ever even cycled. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but like when he shot that in. guy, when he shot the guy and the guy went flying mm-hmm. 10 feet, like, bullshit, dude. That rifle, yeah, that I round mean, went just... right through him like butter. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have knocked you back they, 10 feet. They do that in freaking new movies. Have you ever looked at, like, any new movie and you're just like, how many rounds does this Glock hold? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> they're on shot 45 right now and they're just now reloading. You know, or bam, just, bam, bam, bam. Just, just spraying and spraying and spraying, you know. Tomorrow yeah. War, they, I don't think I see yeah. a single person reload through that whole fucking movie. I think that was the, one of the only things I had against that. I was like talking to Jeremy about it. I was like ripping on it real hard. I also, I'm starting to start, uh, starting to start. I'm starting <laughs> to collect older firearms. Like I really like that, you know, wooden furniture and stuff of, world war ii style rifles and world war one style rifles and stuff and they're not as expensive as as people th- would think that that is right but you got to take care of them because i mean they they come soaked in preserving like goo mm-hmm. it's called cosmoline it's like a oil or a you know you got to get it all off and all that stuff and it's stuck in the stock and everything because that's what it takes to preserve them because if they're not it's just that bare metal just rust it just done you know it pits and it's crazy and that could happen in in a couple of years versus like one of my rifles is like 60 years old and if it wasn't wrapped up like that and taken care of it would have it would be gone right it'd be dead it'd be a, a cool piece to hang on your wall it wouldn't be functioning and i wouldn't be able to take it to the range and fire it so yeah so when it comes to guns and stuff in movies i'm just like ugh. <laughs> you know when it's just like when it's just stupid or you're just like you know, obviously stuff is, is like really like, I don't know. It's just, it's hokey and it's, it's dumb, you know, it's just like, okay. But I don't know. I like the movie, but three out of 10. Dang. Yeah. That's rough. Well, you know, yeah. that's how he feels. I guess that's that. I'm going to get him a sticker. <laughs> yeah. I'm sending him a sticker. How do you guys feel? Those that are listening to this episode, how, how do you think we did breaking down a, a movie? Do you like hearing us talk about movies? Is that something you want us to do more of? Like we had mentioned the Tomorrow War. I remember thinking it was a really good movie. I'd love to see it again. I mean, there's a lot of different movies we can break down. A ton of them that are within the genre of things that we normally talk about. If this is something that you like, let us know. Hit us up on infiniterabbithole.com. This is a perfect time to announce that too. Infiniterabbithole.com mm. is now a thing. If you guys want to go and check out our brand new website, and check out all of our episode pages. We have a little bit of bios going on about the, the cast and editors of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. And check us out to get to know us a little bit more. Uh, we're building the, the the website as we go. We just got to a point where we were like, hey, this is good enough. Let's go ahead and release it for everyone to enjoy. Check it out. Leave reviews right there, right on our website. We have links to all of our socials, links to all of our players that we get played on, iHeartRadio, Pandora apple everything i'm not gonna list them all there's so many of them 
Uh, but check it out. Definitely check it out. There's a little place there where you can contact us. Contact us. Let us know. Do you guys want to hear us do some more movie breakdowns? And where Jeff thinks it's a horrible movie, but I think it's a great <laughs> movie. Can't appease them all. You know, sometimes you just get a Jeff in there. And uh, I did all the work on the website without Jeremy helping me at all, just so everybody knows. Uh, it was 100%. Uh, that's true yeah, that's very true it was all jeff it was all jeff and that's not true at all that was all me but that's fine anyways <laughs> <laughs> for the second part of this this uh episode though I got a surprise for you guys now behind the scenes obviously because that's where everything is done on this podcast behind the scenes but we've been slowly building up a spinoff to the infinite rabbit hole with a brand new podcast that features fictional stories written by yours truly, Jeremy of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. That's me, that guy. And I'm going to give you a little taste of the first story that's going to be coming out. We don't really have a name for it yet. We don't know what it's going to be called. It will be a separate podcast that's a spinoff of this podcast. As of right now, we're kind of calling it Tales from the Infinite Rabbit Hole. That may or may not stick. We don't know. This chapter that I'm going to read to you tonight, it's been edited and it's ready to go. It's ready for someone to enjoy. And I think that this was a perfect time saying that this is our Halloween special for me to go ahead and give you guys a little taste of what, what's to come in the future because this is gory. Jake has heard it already and uh, Jeff hasn't. So we get to hear Jeff's initial reactions to the thing that he had absolutely nothing to do with yeah so what do you think guys ready to go bring it on real quick the rifle was a, <laughs> was a german world war ii <laughs> mauser car 98k which became the most which became the standard service rifle in 1935 so if it was sitting in a corner of a leaky room it would have been destroyed and not operable continue i'm ready to go Good, good. I'm I'm happy that that was that was all cleared up. Thanks, Jake. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm the guy. I don't know. <laughs> so, Jeff, you still awake, man? Yeah, man. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm sorry. I'm just a little. You know, we we brought up the ritual again, so I'm, it really made me butt hurt. But I'm ready. I'm ready for you. <laughs> Damn, dude. I've never seen somebody get so butt hurt over a movie. I'm sorry, yeah, man. I, I did this to you. I walked out okay, of Ghost Rider 2. I hated that movie. I've seen a lot of shitty movies. It's not the first one, but it's all good. <laughs> Just, you'll never get that time back. Well, this yeah, is coming from a guy who doesn't watch a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah well, it's, uh, it's evident now. It's the third movie he's ever <laughs> seen. He's like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as a little bit of a background on the story uh there is a whole completely different storyline going this is the prologue of the very first story and again we don't have a, a a running title for the the book we're calling them books by the way mm-hmm. we don't have a running title for this book each book will be an entire season so we're going to give you the entire season where each chapter is going to be a different episode usually it's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes long that's what we're going to try for and we don't know how many chapters there's going to be some books, which is, you know, 
what we're calling a season is going to be 10 chapters long. Some of them might be five chapters long. Some of them might be 30. I, you know, we don't know. It's just until the story is done. Um, and I'm not really pushing too hard on this. So I may just be giving you guys a little taste to let you sit there for years. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm being honest with you. And I think that this is, if anything, this is just a really cool short story that was written by myself that I think everyone will enjoy, especially on the tail end of the Wendigo episodes. So if everyone's ready, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Oh, wait, actually, hold on. We got to talk about the accent. Jake, am I doing the Southern accent or am I not doing the Southern accent? Bring it. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he reads in a Southern accent. It's great. <laughs> it's the funniest thing and coolest thing I've ever, I've ever heard. My what? wife hates it. And you'll <laughs> you'll know because every once in a while when I'll listen to one of the old episodes that we do and I'm scripting myself, I'll hear it come out because I purposely try not to do it while I'm recording Infinite Rabbit Hole episodes. But every once in a while I'll I'll, I'll be listening to an episode because I like to listen for like fuck ups and stuff and Sam see what Elliott we can do better. Comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. For some reason the southern accent just comes out when I read. I don't know why. It's dumb. My wife absolutely hates it and that I should never do that again because she'll want a divorce. And well, I like it. So don't listen to what she Aww. says. Yeah. But she's also my wife. You're just. Well, I talk just... to you literally every single day. So my opinion matters too. Or ah. should. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, Jeff, time to wake up, buddy. You ready? I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do it. He's saying that because I fell asleep during one of his things. He did. <laughs> he was just like, what'd you think? And I was like, what? And I was just like, I was out, dude. <laughs> like, damn. Like 20 C- minutes. CJ stayed awake. That's why CJ liked it. It doesn't matter. matter to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I liked it. It was enough that it put me to sleep. It was great. <laughs> With that being said, I am also looking for a female voice artist. So if you are a female and would like to be a part of a project with the Infinite Rabbit Hole, pro bono because we don't even get paid ourselves. <laughs> it's a great way to, to do an ad for a voice artist. Um, we, <laughs> you will get nothing except experience. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be parts in this episode today or in this chapter today where, you know, there is the voice of a female. I'm just going to do it with my own voice. I'll I'll alter it a tiny bit so you can tell the difference between characters. But uh, the goal is to get a female in here to do the female voices so that it's more authentic for you guys and enjoy it. So if you would like that opportunity, hit us up at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com and let me know. I monitor it, so I'll be in contact with you. Anyways, I'm not going to stop or stall anymore. This is it. I'm do nervous. You want, do you want me to mute my mic? Or do you want us, uh, our reactions uh, during the... I don't know, are you going to you know, laugh? That splat part made me bust <laughs> up laughing. I was dying. I had to mute myself really? when I was you're driving. S- yeah. You're sick. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. I'm going to leave it. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it. I, I put a lot of effort and time into this, and I'm extremely nervous. So let me know how I did after that. And... If you are sensitive to death and gore uh, and very descriptive writing, back out now. You don't want to hear this. For those of you that do, this would be a good Halloween treat for you guys. Freddy was a decent man. 
He works hard to provide for his wife and twin daughters. Kelly could have her days, but most of the time, she was a great woman to Freddie. They leaned on each other. They helped each other out around the house. And better yet, they were amazing parents to two beautiful little girls who had their mother's good looks and their daddy's body structure. Yeah, he really had a good thing going for him, all right. But that didn't mean that he didn't look forward to these mornings where he would park his old pickup on the side of back roads all over town, grab his compound bow and his 9mm walk off into the woods. He'd climb into one of his tree stands and sit in complete silence, all by himself for hours on end. Sometimes he would get lucky and bag himself a whitetail, and he'd bring it home to Kelly, and she'd be so happy. Mm, she loved the way Freddy smoked a backstrap. But unknown to Kelly is that Freddy didn't come out here to hunt. That was just a cover. No, he would come out here with everything he needed for a successful hunting trip in case the opportunity would arise. But he came out here to think, to be completely alone, and most importantly, he came out here for revenge. See, on the outside, Freddy was a bright, brilliant, and loving man. He was living the Norman Rockwell life. It was perfect. A great blue-collar job where all his workers and his bosses respected him. A beautiful wife who adored him. And two gorgeous girls who meant the world to Freddy. He played poker on Saturday nights and went to church every Sunday morning. Yep, on the outside everything looked great. But like in most cases, there was more than met the eye when it came to Freddie Milson. He had a secret. And if he didn't take his alone time every Saturday morning, He'd be a different man the rest of the week. But Kelly never knew why Freddie got that way. She just knew that every once in a while Freddie changed and she left him alone. Today, Freddie chose the place nearest the creek a few hundred yards from the Tillman residence. He knew Jason Tillman pretty well. They played football together in high school and became good friends from that experience and every time they ran into each other, it was like they never spent any time apart. Especially when it was in Old Red's Tavern on the corner of Walnut and Freeman Street. But they never went out of their way to meet up or hang out. Nope, their friendship was casual. Nowadays, it was more about the occasional drink and laughing about pranks played in their better years. As Freddy was walking into the tree line, he stopped and looked at the old truck that he was gifted by his daddy when he graduated high school. Freddy loved that truck. It was all that he had left of his father. And boy, did he miss that man. After about 15 minutes of walking, he arrived in his tree stand, climbed up, sat on the chilled seat, pulled out his gun, dropped the clip into his left hand. One bullet sat pushed to the top of the clip. On the tip of that bullet was the letter S, written with a fine tip sharpie in Freddy's handwriting. After assuring himself that the bullet was there, he reloaded the clip, and loaded the bullet into the chamber as he did every Saturday. Freddy leaned back, closed his eyes, and thought of Sarah. Before Kelly, Sarah Chandler was the love of his life. Eighteen years old and full of beauty, brains, and bravado, she came into his life like a wrecking ball and knocked young Freddy right on his ass in freshman year. It happened so quickly. He didn't have time to figure out what hit him, but he knew that he liked it. It was the first varsity football game of his freshman year. The JV team had taken their seats in the back of the stands, and Freddie got up to get himself a walking taco from the snack shack. 
On his way there, he had made eye contact with a beauty walking with her friends the other way. Now Freddy quickly looked awake, as he was pretty embarrassed. But when he looked back up, that pretty young woman was still looking right at him. She gave him a smile and a flirty four-finger wave. Now as a result, Freddy's face burned beet red, and he returned a half-assed wave and quickly looked back to hide his blushing face. Freddy got in line for food and nearly jumped out of his skin when he felt a tapping on his left shoulder. When he slowly turned around, there was nobody there. But when he looked forward again, that beautiful girl was standing six inches away from Freddy's face, sporting the biggest smile he had ever seen on a girl that was looking at him. Hey, I'm Sarah. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't mean to be weird looking at you and such. I, uh, well, see, usually... When someone says hi and tells you their name, they want to know what your name is and maybe, you know, maybe even be told hi back, Sarah replied. Oh, <laughs> hi, 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 I'm Fred. Hi, Fred, what you doing? I was just, uh, I was just going to get something to eat. Fred's face began to burn with embarrassment over how much he was tripping over his own words. Can I stand with you? I'm hungry too. Sh sure, yeah. Thank you. I like your jersey. You look really good in it, stated Sarah. Thanks. Uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the JV team. They make us watch the varsity home games, replied Freddy. Now, Freddy felt his entire body go numb, and his cheeks began to twitch as he attempted to form a basic sentence in English, which for some reason he forgot how to speak at the moment. Freddy bought Sarah a salted pretzel, and Freddy's appetite changed, of course, and he opted out of the walking taco and went with a pretzel as well. The two sat in the bleachers and talked the whole game. Freddy was completely oblivious to the fact that he was supposed to be sitting with the team and had no clue what was going on in the game. No, he was falling ear-deep in love with this beautiful creature, and boy, did he fall hard. That night after the game, Sarah took a Sharpie out of her pocket and wrote her family's phone number on his hand and signed it with an S, kissed him on the cheek, and walked away. Freddy's knees buckled, and his line of sight froze on the image of the young woman, with the beautiful brunette waterfall curls walking away from him. Before she walked past the gate, she turned to him and gave him the call me signal and jumped into a car that was parked along the street with an older woman in the driver's seat. Freddy didn't know what happened, but one thing was for sure. His life had changed forever that day. Now, Sarah and Freddy became very close and dated all throughout freshman and sophomore, junior, and senior year. The summer after senior year would be the summer that Freddie would never forget. It began with a bang, and the young couple were completely obsessed with each other and did things that young teenagers do that probably shouldn't have been done. I'm sure you can use your imagination. But Freddie fell more in love with Sarah with every passing minute, and in early July of that summer, they had a chance to go for a walk through the woods in the pitch of darkness. Now, Sarah wasn't afraid of nothing. She was a thrill seeker and thought that things like late night walks through the spooky woods was a fun way to spend the night with her boyfriend. And Freddy just did whatever it was that Sarah wanted to do because as long as he was with her, he didn't care what he was doing. Let's play hide and go seek, said Sarah. Hide and seek? I can't see anything as it is. How am I supposed to find you? What if we get split up? It ain't like I'm going to go far, Freddy. Just close your eyes, don't, but don't count yet. Freddy huffed. Fine. And he closed his eyes. No peeking. 
Here, you can hold this while I go hide. Now count the 50 out loud. Freddy reached out and felt the fabric in his hands, and it didn't take long for him to realize that this was Sarah's bra. So Freddy started to count very fast. No, slow down. Give me Mississippis between each number, Sarah replied. Freddy huffed again. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Three. When Freddy reached 37, he heard a loud scream from not too far away and immediately opened his eyes. Sarah! Sarah, was that you? Are you okay? No reply came back. Freddy dropped the bra and ran towards the area of the woods that he thought the scream had come from. Sarah! A muffled scream came from his immediate right, and Freddy instantly shifted his path accordingly and came upon the area where he thought the scream had come from. A branch snapped above his head, and Freddy looked up. About 12 feet above him was Sarah, with her head flung back, looking down at him in complete fear in her eyes and blood dripping from her chin down to her forehead. Her mouth was gasping for air and exhaling droplets of blood onto her face. She was being held by an arm of what looked like a large man without any clothes and pale gray, almost translucent skin. His face was buried in her neck and blood was pouring out profusely all over the naked man and Sarah alike. Her clothing was shredded and covered in blood, and with the gray person's other hand, you could hear him moving something around and the sound of squishing. The man pulled out her intestines and draped them over his arm that held her tight. The steam from her body blurred the scene of disembowelment from Freddy's sight. Frozen, he watched with horror as Sarah's face began to turn pale, lips and the area around her eyes turned purple, and the mesmerizing brown irises disappeared into a cloud of red. A large drop of blood dripped from her forehead on Freddy's nose, and he reached up and touched the blotch of red liquid that was slowly dripping onto his lips. The sight of her blood on his finger made him realize the situation that he was in. And he reached back, and he began to shake as he reached for the 9mm that his father had given him for protection while out in the woods alone with Sarah. Now there's only one bullet in here, boy, you understand? I'm not going to give you a gun to go out and take pot shots at everything showing off in front of your girlfriend, his father had said. I don't need to hear that you accidentally shot that perfect girl. This is for her protection and her protection only. I don't care if you get mugged, but you better stop any harm that might happen to her. And you only get one shot, you hear me, boy? Now Freddy has the gun drawn on the creature and he begins to line up the shot. But before he pulls the trigger, he takes one last look at Sarah, still gasping for air, and one arm reached out towards him. He noticed that she curled her fingers and knows that she is still alive. Do I shoot her and save her pain, thought Freddy? Or do I shoot this man and run her to the hospital if it's not too late? Freddy pulled the trigger, and the bullet smacked right through the back of the head of the man that was mutilating the love of his life. There was a strong reaction to the shot, but it was far away from killing it. The gray man's face lifts up and looks him right in the eyes and lets out a god-awful hiss. Oh my god, this is no man, Freddy cried aloud. The thing let go of Sarah and she dropped to the ground with a wet splat. Her head... <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. I tried, I tried to hold it in, man. Oh, shoot. All right. What happened to mute in your mic? 
What a dick. I was on a fucking roll, too. All right. Mute it. <laughs> the thing let go of Sarah, and she drops to the ground with a wet splat. Her head buried below her body, and her legs still kicking. Freddy ran over to what was left of his love and attempted to pick her up. But there was nothing to pick up anymore. She was far more gone than he thought, but he feared that her consciousness was still there. During the attempt to lift her up, he heard the creature land on the ground behind him, and snow began to fall that night in early July in northern West Virginia. And Freddy stood ten feet apart from a creature standing taller than himself, covered with the blood of his barely still cautious girlfriend. He began to shiver and used every drop of adrenaline to call upon his flight-or-fight response. He looked the thing in its sky-blue eyes, and he could swear that thing was growing right in front of him. Freddy turned and ran. He ran as fast as he could deeper into the woods, tears running down his face, and the image of Sarah, or what was left of her, flashing before his eyes. He began to slow down. His strength and motivation to save himself was leaving fast. He felt the thing gaining ground. It was fast, way faster than him. So Freddy did the only thing that he could do. He stopped, turned around, and chose to face his death head on. But as the creature closed in, and it was about to tear into Freddy like it did to Sarah, a white light lit up the area and all motion stopped. Freddy couldn't move. The only thing he could do was breathe and move his eyes. Was this what it felt like to die? Did my mind just shut down? Am I dead? Freddy thought to himself. A smaller and very different gray creature appeared walking from behind the big gray one. This one had a very tiny body and a larger than normal head and huge black eyes. And without speaking, Freddy heard his father's voice come to him. Don't worry, child. We will take care of this one. Go home now. Go to sleep. Freddy awoke in his bed covered in sweat and still wearing the same clothes from the previous night. The fuck was that? Freddy said aloud. He gazed over at the mirror above his dresser, and on his nose was a crusted over brown stain of dried blood. But now, Freddy sat in his hunting stand with the one bullet in that same 9mm, waiting for his chance to see another big gray creature from that night. When he does, he'll wipe away the tears that sit on his face and shoot that motherfucker between the eyes. Freddy continued sitting until well after the sun came up. He knew it was a little late, but he didn't quite care too much. He wanted to make sure if that son of a bitch ever showed up again, he would close that chapter in his life and finally move on from the nightmares that plagued his dreams and daydreams for so many years. The image of a man-creature flooded his mind with transparent gray skin, standing naked ten feet away, covered in the blood of his high school sweetheart. Tears of flesh and random spots on his body, some so deep that bone and arteries were clearly visible, injuries that should have easily prevented the creature from moving in any way, let alone the way that it did. A face that resembled once being human, but now void of all hair and color. The lips and nose were crudely torn, 
The nose now looking like two holes separated by a flap of cartilage and a mouth no longer protected by lips that once were obviously there, but are replaced by flaps of skin that have curled and hardened like jerky after its cure. Teeth yellowed and stained over brown by meals of the past. Fred remembered the cold of that night. The snow fell in early July 20 years ago, and it snowed in what seemed like only moments in which he was spotted by the creature. As he stood staring at the beast, his eye contact intermittently disturbed by the steam leaving his mouth with his breath. That's when Freddy noticed it. It was not breathing. There was no steam around its face like there was around his. The only steam around the creature that night was from Sarah's insides and the blood that spilled everywhere. Just then it clicked. Freddy leaned forward and dry heaved as he began to ponder whether this thing was alive or if it was simply moving around in a lifeless corpse. Was it a zombie? There's no way it could be. They're supposed to move slow. And, and, and this thing wasn't bleeding from its wounds. The muscles and the skin was raw and shriveled. The artery running up its inner thigh was dry and hardened. What was it? Now that was the question that haunted Freddy every day of his life for 20 years, but today it burned a little more with his new realization. Suddenly, Freddy wasn't comfortable in the woods alone anymore. Coming out here almost every weekend to hunt something that he just realized may not have been alive in the first place. No wonder that direct shot to the back of its head didn't affect it like he was expecting it to. He no longer felt secure by the bullet that laid in his pistol. And as if on cue, the area was lit up by a light brighter than the daytime, and a branch cracked a few feet above his head. And once again, it began to snow. In July. This morning's coffee returned to his mouth. The instant he gazed above his head. There, mere inches away from him, was the creature. Only this time, it took the form of a female. A familiar face was buried in the horror that now was staring down at him from the branches above his head. The chest and stomach opened with viscera. Exposed and decomposed, the stench was horrid, and taking a breath from his nose proved impossible. White hair and small patches on top of its head was the length of its body, and the neck was torn, missing a gigantic chunk where the esophagus should be. The motion of heaving breaths was clearly tardy from the creature, and yet it crooked its neck in interest of the meal that sat below it. Freddy slowly raised a pistol took aim at the head of what he recognized as a creature that was once his beloved Sarah. With tears burning his eyes, he fired. The creature's head recoiled on its broken neck, snapping a few more inches of skin and hardened muscle. Its head failed to return back to the forward-looking position. Instead, it stayed facing backwards and upside down, held on by mere strings of hardened and rotten tissue. Did I do it? Freddy thought to himself, wiping his tears away with the sleeve of his jacket and accidentally pulling away a string of snot as well. A piercing scream filled the area around the pair, and the creature began turning around with its back towards Freddy. The creature stared at him in the eyes with an upside-down gaze and lunged at him, sinking its teeth into his throat. The adrenaline ran through his body, and by instinct alone, Freddy lifted his arms and grabbed onto its attacker's head and ripped it the rest of the way from its body. Its teeth still clamped onto his neck, and with a wet, tearing sound, a large chunk of Freddy's neck was removed and still within the teeth of the creature. 
Freddy panicked and dropped the head and reached for his throat in a pointless attempt to save the blood from leaving his body. The warm flow of blood passed through his fingers with ease and warmed the front of his body as it dripped down the collar of his undershirt. The outside of his being grew warm and the inside felt cold. The battle of life and death was being lost. As Freddy lost control of his body, he fell backwards over the rail of the tree stand and fell nearly 18 feet to the ground, littered by leaves and dead branches, hardened by the flash of freezing temperatures. He landed on his stomach, and the last feeling that Freddy felt in his life was the crush of his nose, jaw, and ribs, all breaking at once from the impact of the ground. His brain slammed into the front of his skull, and Freddy blacked out before his blood fully drained from his body the one mercy given to him in the final moments of his life. A distorted haze arose from the neck of the lifeless creature and followed Freddy to the ground. Through his open mouth and passing the swollen piece of tongue still attached to the body, the haze entered Freddy and the body grew cold. Slowly, the body that once belonged to Freddy Milson stood up and faced the small gray creature with large black eyes that sat at the bottom of the tree in which Freddy spent the morning hunting from. The small being walked behind the tree, followed by the light, and disappeared. The body which was Freddy's now turned around and walked deeper into the forest to find something to feed the hunger it felt in its gut, followed closely by a bubble of winter and the heat of late July. The blood flowing from its nose and mouth was delicious. It would be another human that it would look for. While it wandered deeper into the woods, it began to snack on its lips and what was left of its tongue with haste for its first meal in its new body. The end. Well, that was much better than the ritual. (laughs) (laughs) You like it? Yeah, that was much better. That was good. That you should you should definitely write a fucking book, bro. You got the details down. I'm over here like I I had my eyes shut cuz I was trying to get in the zone, you know what I mean? But like you could visualize a lot yeah. of that shit because you got the details down. So definitely better than the ritual. <laughs> I've got 3 chapters done in this already. So I mean the the story is just beginning. Like I said, this is the prologue. So this is look at listen to the southern accent still still hanging tight. Um it's the prologue. So this particular story uh has bits and pieces of the main story and kind of helps uh explain what's going on in the main story a little bit. Jake's already heard the first couple chapters of the first book here. It definitely it definitely gets interesting. I can I can say that. Yeah, that was good, man. I thought this would be a really cool way for us to treat the listeners of the infinite rabbit hole for Halloween. <clears throat> yeah, that was cool. I like that. I like that a lot, bud. And I'm an audiobook guy. Good. So I get into like that kind of shit, like listening to that. So you did a good job, bud. I'm proud of you. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. This is the, the spinoff of the infinite rabbit hole that we're doing. I hope everyone that had a chance to listen to it really enjoyed it. Jake, I know you've already heard it. Do you have any Further comments other than laughing about the splat dick. That's because it's so descriptive. I love it. You know, <laughs> it was a lot better listening to it when I wasn't driving, you know. So that was yeah. that was nice to uh 
to kind of just be sitting here just listening and not be focusing on not being hit by a another car and stuff you know and so <laughs> a bunch of crazy california drivers but no it was, it was really good i think maybe the narration should be in your voice and your non-accent and then the characters should have their accent yeah um but other than that oh also it's a magazine it's not a clip for the gun well see two totally different were, things it's like if you can tell the difference you were, between a car you were supposed to catch truck, that you were supposed to catch that before the final draft i'm just saying if you can tell the difference between a car I and a truck it. you should be able to tell the difference between a magazine <laughs> and a clip he does have a point jeremy i can you, show you, you, you an example i you can show you i get it okay i'll, I'll I'll fix it. <laughs> but no, so I, uh, no, I, I like it, dude. I, I like it. I agree with, with Jeff. I'm a big audiobook guy too. I listen to a lot of audiobooks by uh, Mark Goodwin, and he's, he's a Christian author, and so it's not, doesn't have a bunch of dirty stuff in it and everything. It doesn't have cussing and anything, but he, he's really descriptive with it, and there's a lot of like, a lot of fighting and action in his books, and he, because it's an audiobook, right? It's made to be listened to versus read. And so there's a, I think there's a different way to lay it out so that you can more visualize what's going on. And it's like made to be made to be read aloud versus read yourself. I don't know if it makes sense. You know, I feel like there's a difference there, but Mm -hmm. I like the way that you put it out there because the way that you, you say it, it's not flat right you can tell those action points are because of the way your the tone of your voice and everything like that so i i really like it i i think that this is going to be a cool project to to put out as you you know write down as the story progresses being able to deliver this in um a side project for the uh for the audience you know for yeah. the listeners so I, i'm pretty stoked for it i think it's cool that's it that's the episode Jake, Jeff, you guys got anything else to put out to fans before we sign off? Um, don't watch the ritual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put out, I'm going to try to find a, like a Microsoft Sam sort of voice. I was like, this would be really funny if I could do this. Find like the old Microsoft Sam sort of voice, that robot voice. And right when you're talking about like, yeah, if this is a spoiler, jump past it. And it's going to be like 44 minutes or something like that. <laughs> this is going to jump in there. But no, I, I watch, watch the ritual if, if you want to. It's, I mean, honestly, if they listen to us, they've probably already seen it. So they probably yeah, either agree it's with fine. me Go watch Jeremy it. I'm just being Jeff, a dick you know? about it, honestly. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a watch. It's, 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 not a, watch. it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad it's movie to, to get put out by... Uh, was it Netflix did it, didn't they? they yeah, they, it was a Netflix original, yeah. but I mean, it just stole it from the book. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but <laughs> it was worth the yeah, watch. No, I'm not it's, gonna lie. it's cool. Yeah, no, but you I did a good job on that, Jeremy. I like your story a lot better, honestly. That was good, man. I'm excited to hear more of that. I think you should definitely keep putting some of your energy into that because uh, you might be onto something there, bud. Yeah, I think so, man. I've got a lot of storylines that I want to do. One of my other dreams and in life this was a little bit later on this was before right before i had children when i first started dating my wife i really wanted to write fictional novels that's something i really wanted to do and so i have a ton of really really cool concepts in my in my mind i used to have a notebook back in the day where i wrote them all down unfortunately i think that i kind of got lost when i joined the navy honestly 
I don't know where that thing is now, but I I've got some really cool ideas for some some books, you know, uh now that I have this platform in the infinite rabbit hole and we're going to create this uh this spin-off podcast that's strictly story based. I'm excited to be able to to stretch out and dive into the other love of my life, which is storytelling. So mm-hmm. um and I'm I'm really excited to have the two worlds collide. And that's where I'm really going to try to focus is with my love of lore, cryptids, folklore, aliens, paranormal and stuff here in the infinite rabbit hole and my love of storytelling and writing stories and um, acting them out and stuff over on the, the, the spinoff podcast, which, you know, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated. We weren't quite ready to announce it yet, but I, I just couldn't get over the idea that this was a really good time to announce it, whether or not we were ready to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being that this was our Halloween special. And I was like, this is, this is a perfect story for a Halloween special. You know, if, if, if we're going to introduce our fan base to, to, to this whole concept, this is it. This is a great time to do it. Oh yeah, for sure. You should write a story about how you're uh about your your career in the navy about how you're a government shill in a navy pog <laughs> navy pog larper oh man yeah <laughs> i can't i can't wait to hear his review of of this spinoff podcast this guy talks all the time but i mean seriously man do does anybody really believe that he was in a, a tree stand and got attacked by a creature in, in the forest <laughs> Jeez, dude okay. what a shill <laughs> what a shill he's lying to everybody <laughs> shout out to digital yeah oh great great guy mm. no enough about him no this is this is cool yeah good time to put it out certainly um i i don't know where that um that original plan would have gone. We might've had to have a spinoff of like infinite rabbit hole reads historical fact. Like, (laughs) I know. know. Yeah. Start at the beginnings of, of America. And then we just go through all the terrible things that have happened, you know? Yeah. Fun fact for everyone. This was kind of just thrown together last minute. I mean, when did we change our mind to go with the ritual review two weeks ago? Right. Yeah. During the last recording, right? And we, we just did it and, you know, started reading the book and everything. And then today I was like, there's not enough here. Yeah. <laughs> so so I was like, you know what? Let's 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 give them a, a, a real awesome treat for Halloween and uh, let them in on a, on a big thing that we're working on here in Infinite Rabbit Hole. Two big things. Yeah. Website included. Yeah. And the website. Yep. The website too. InfiniteRabbitHole.com. Everybody check it out. Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing. Contact us. It is there so we can interact with our fan base. Ooh, you're going to have to record a new intro or new front matter. Ooh. Yeah, we'll do it for season five. All right, fair enough. We'll do it for season five. I'll have somebody else do it. I've been doing all of them. Maybe we'll get Jeff to do one. Jeff has a good voice for it. He does have a good voice. Aw. Aw. Yeah. His voice is almost as beautiful as his face. Yeah, female voice actors. If you're female and you're listening and you want to be in a project, hit us up. Facebook, Twitter, email, whatever. Any way you can, hit us up. I mean, the only thing that we require is a decent microphone and internet access through a laptop or computer. That's it. 
obviously the, the microphone's a little expensive so i mean we're not gonna pay for it for you unfortunately we don't get paid for this, <laughs> this is, <laughs> but if you're looking to join the infinite rabbit hole team it's a small part but there is a spot open here in infinite rabbit hole or at least over at the spinoff podcast um and if you're looking to get your feet wet or if you want to take up an internship with the infinite rabbit hole and kind of see what the inner workings kind of look like and you know maybe somebody out there is on the verge of trying to create their own podcast and they want to see how it's done and they want to know what we're doing we'll take an intern it, it'll it'll be a one hand washes the other kind of thing you know we'll we'll show you what we do what our planning process is like and how our editing and and all that stuff goes and you know you provide us with a voice you know as a voice actor i think that you know it'd be really cool to have a a fan or somebody who shows interest in the infinite rabbit hole podcast to come on and actually help us out in a way that's actually you know really pushing the the podcast forward that's that goes for everybody that goes for you too kenzer I was just thinking that. I was just like, I was like, for the female voice, it should be someone with a thick Canadian accent. Like, <laughs> it, would be, it would be that much richer. Yeah. But it's not limited to just cancer. Anybody can apply as long as you're female. I don't have any male parts. Unfortunately, for all you dudes out there, I have plenty of dudes that, that I can rely on for different <laughs> voice parts. Uh, Jake, Jeff, CJ, and a couple others that I can use. I, I went to my wife and was like, hey, babe, you want to, uh, you know, play a part in the podcast? And she said no. All right. Fair <laughs> so, so that's it. Happy that's Halloween, it. everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. My name's Jeff. Jeez. My name's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. I Peace hope you out. enjoyed it. Thank you.